Olympic golf is here. Feel the passion. Well, Sean Fairholm of Global Golf Post and I are going to attempt to make sure that we are at least giving it proper attention. Not exactly the same as the PGA Tour and the Open Championship. Welcome in to Honda Classic Live. It's the only golf radio show in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. You know the drill. I'm Ken Levicka. We do it for an hour every Saturday morning here on ESPN 106.3. Coming to you from the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios in the Phillips Point Towers, downtown West Palm Beach, right off the intracoastal. Sean Fairholm of Global Golf Post, our golf insider. He is back from vacation. He was roaming in the wilderness out in montana and wyoming he's made his way back to florida and he will join us per usual in about a half an hour but we also have a surprise because ballon isles has its ninth annual junior cup this weekend and we'll get an update from there as it heads into the weekend again the ballon isles junior cup let's get into our opening drive and as always is presented by tire kingdom sizzling summer savings happening all month long and that month is about to come to an end tire kingdom going on now buy three tires get one free with paid standard installation save big on all your brands like continental cooper goodyear nitto and more and ending today you're going to want to take advantage of this save 150 dollars after mail in rebate on michelin and bf goodrich tires this is an event that does not happen often so if you're in the market for new michelin tires swing by tire kingdom or schedule an appointment today plus use your tire kingdom credit card you'll get a 50 dollars prepaid card on qualifying purchases of 500 dollars or more and Get yourself an AC free check plus 10% off repairs because it is hot. If your AC is not working, that's a miserable drive, but there's a solution. Tire Kingdom, get a free AC check plus 10% off any required AC repair services. Stop by or schedule an appointment today. The opening drive, simply put, Xander Shoffley is the leader heading into the final round of the Olympics golf tournament. It's been wrought by big names missing because of COVID-19. Bryson DeChambeau, John Rahm, some inconsistent play. Rory McIlroy going there saying, I'm just doing it for the love of the game. There's not necessarily a passion to win. That's not a great indictment of your Olympic golf tournament. But Xander Shoffley, a little bit of American flair, he is in the driver's seat heading into the final round just outside of Tokyo. I'm Ken Levicka. We'll be getting an update from Ballon Isles, the annual junior cup not to mention sean fairholm of global golf post and globalgolfpost.com on this saturday we're jam-packed per usual even if the pga tour is off we have you covered i'm ken levick it's honda classic live on espn 106.3 we return to honda classic live saturday morning on the only golf radio show in palm beach county and the treasure coast and it's always good to get an update with what's going on with our friends at Ballon Isles starting today and going through tomorrow. It's the ninth annual Ballon Isles Junior Cup. This is a legendary cup. This is something that has had a lot of names involved. It's something that's had a lot of success. And joining us now here on Honda Classic Live is the director of golf at Ballon Isles, Jeff Fitzherbert. And Jeff, first of all, thank you so much for spending some time with us. And uh, I know you're always excited. It's always an exciting weekend when the Junior Cup is going on at Ballon Isles. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, we're very excited. Uh, last year we had to miss because of COVID. So uh, this year, the ninth annual taking place uh, today and tomorrow. So absolutely fantastic to see the kids back on our 
famed East Golf Course. So that East Course in this tournament, we're going on almost a decade of this course being in existence. How did this all come together initially? Um, well, obviously, ten years ago, we were we were just sitting around as a group. Uh, we had a quiet summer, and we were looking to, you know, give back to junior golf and, and do something a little different. So that's what we came up with the uh, the Ryder Cup format, and uh, it's exciting for the kids. It's different; they they don't get a chance to play. You know, at the, we're doing eighteen on eighteen, so that we mix the boys and girls together, obviously, and they don't get a chance to do this very often. They're usually playing their own golf ball, so. Batch play, a little cutthroat, a lot of fun, and uh, that's how it all started. And and uh, it's been a great, uh, it's been a great run. Yeah, you mentioned cutthroat, and again, we're talking with Jeff Fitzherbert. He's the director of golf at Ballon Isles. It's the Ballon Isles Junior Cup today and tomorrow. Uh, how competitive does this get uh, amongst the juniors, and how much buzz is there in the lead up to this thing? It's amazing because they're playing. You know, they're not playing for they're playing for pride. Yeah. You know, no, no gift certificates, which, which they're used to in their amateur events, and no, certainly no AJGA points or whatnot. Uh, but they're excited. I mean, they, they definitely try hard. Uh, it is uh, something that they, of course, want to win and have bragging rights amongst them. So it's, uh, it's very, very competitive. It's great to see. That East course, it's got to be really cool, too, for the juniors to be out there and to be competing. And that East course has so much history. That's just awesome for a youngster to be out there and play. And I just I hope that they, they do understand, at least a majority of them, the history of that course and how big an opportunity that is. Yeah, you're, you're 100% right. And we take them through, especially the, the, the newcomers, you know, we take them through the history. You know, Jack went in the 71 PGA, you know, the nine senior PGA events that we had, um, you know, won by Sam Snead five times and PGA Tour qualifying school, the World Cup. So we take them through that uh, at our pairings party on Friday. And, um, you know, they're just super excited to be able to walk some of the, the same fairways, particularly, obviously, with Jack and, and Sam's needs. So pretty cool stuff. Yeah, and this year celebrating the 50th anniversary of the 71 PGA Championship victory. And uh, this has been a, a year-long celebration. How has that gone? How cool has that been to relive some of the – one of the uh, – and arguably the greatest memory that was made on that East course? Oh, absolutely. I mean, first and foremost, the first, you know, the only PGA to be held in February, the only PGA championship to be held in Florida, and, and we're the one that hosted it, and, and the greatest greatest champion ever, Jack Nicklaus, uh, winning the event. So huge buzz around the club uh, beginning around November of, of, uh, of 20, and then we uh, invited Jack and Barbara out on the 28th, which was a year uh, or 50 years to the day, and then ironically, uh, Barbara's birthday. So we were oh, wow. able to do a, a grand celebration uh, commemorating uh, his victory and, uh, and her birthday and, and all they do for the community, um, which was fantastic. You know, you and your role as director of golf at Ballon Isles, and we're talking with uh, Jeff Fitzherbert here on Honda Classic Live. Uh, I know that you see a lot of notable golf names and uh, a lot of influencers in golf, but when Jack and Barbara roll through, I, I'm guessing that probably feels a little bit different. <laughs> it was it was unbelievable. I mean, you just you know you don't get a chance to see Jack that much anymore. Obviously, not playing, and uh, you know a lot of our members, uh, you know, remember. I'm sure you know watching him, you know, growing up, and they were just. 
we were all in awe. And then Barbara's just such a special person too. And it just added, you know, that much more to the event. So uh, it was really cool. The Junior Cup uh, at Ballon Isles on the East Course, and it is today and tomorrow at the legendary East Course at Ballon Isles. And we're talking with the director of golf, Jeff Fitzherbert, here on ESPN 106.3. It's Honda Classic Live. How much anticipation is there for this Junior Cup this weekend, adding into the fact that it did not happen last year? Uh, how much of an extra emphasis does it feel is on this tournament this time around? Well, this is big. You know, we've we've got a few returners. Uh, I think we have ten returners from the uh, the nineteen event, and then so that means we've got twenty six and uh, new players. And they're they're you know I'm getting a chance to meet them this week. Uh, you know, coming into the golf shop, playing their practice rounds is, is a tremendous amount of excitement for them. Uh, we're looking forward to it, and um, you know, we're just uh, it's it's just a, it's a great event. Matter, matter of fact, one of the players, Alex Hurd. Uh, had told me when he came into the golf shop uh, Wednesday that this was the strongest field that you know he had ever seen. So it's a collectively, it's an amazing group of, uh, of junior golfers. That is awesome. Just overall, outside of the uh, ninth annual Junior Cup, how has the year been at Ballon Isles? Well, it was, it was a great year. Uh, we're you know we're doing record rounds, not indifferent to, to most clubs, but um, we didn't do a lot of events, but we kept everybody safe and we're on on pace to do record rounds. Uh, and business, you know, business is good. Uh, and members are happy, and, and you know, a lot of new members joining the club uh, too as well. That is, uh, that's good to hear because obviously there's there's always questions about that, and you don't know how the pandemic is going to hit certain things compared to others, and the fact that uh, doing new business, new members coming in, and everything has been safe and sound, and you're able to pull off a great traditional tournament like this with the Junior Cup. All in all, that sounds like a really successful uh, 2021. Let me ask you, as the director of golf, uh, how what does your weekend look like? How busy is Jeff Fitzherbert going to be? <laughs> well, pretty busy. Uh, I've got a uh, first and foremost, I have a fantastic staff that, that basically sees the event through, and and uh, you know, obviously, I have some oversight, and then. Uh, you know, on our uh, on our other golf course, which is open this weekend, the South Course. You know, there'll be quite a bit of member play. So, you know, I'll be with the members a little bit, uh, as well as the tournament, quite a bit. And uh, you know, I always look forward to welcoming the uh, you know the families into the club and, and showing them around and, and letting them know uh, you know what Ballon Isles is, is all about. So, I will be uh, I'll be a busy I'll be a busy camper. Jeff Fitzherbert, never one to need too much sleep. He can uh, go and he can hustle and he can grind away, and that's what he's going to do, and that's why he is the director of golf at Ballon Isles, and everything goes so smoothly and has run so well over there. Jeff Fitzherbert here on Honda Classic Live. Hey, uh, not that you need the luck, but here's to this being a very successful, very smooth uh, junior cup at Ballon Isles, and here's to a very productive weekend. Thank you for jumping on. Appreciate it. Uh, totally appreciate it too as well thank you jeff fitzherbert director of golf at ballon isles we'll go through our pga tour leaderboard when we return it's honda classic live on espn 106.3 saturday morning the only golf show in palm beach county and the treasure coast is honda classic live i'm ken lavica and it's good to have this man back we have not yet 
Got his impressions, his review of the Colin Morikawa masterpiece at Royal St. George's, the Open Championship. He is uh, freshly rested. He's back from vacation. He's Sean Fairholm of Global Golf Post, our golf insider from GlobalGolfPost.com, and he's with us here on Honda Classic Live. Sean, good to have you back. I'm glad that uh, that you enjoyed uh, a little Montana, a little Wyoming. And uh, it's funny because uh, the, the last match, the one with Phil and Bryson, and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. That was out in Montana. When you told me you were heading out there, uh, I, I was like, "Man, did he get inspired by that?" But uh, did you get to did you get to play at all? No, no golf. Uh, passed by some some really beautiful golf courses, but uh, just focused on some uh, some national park adventures. But that Big Sky uh, Golf Club they played at looked absolutely incredible. So I think I may have to. Uh, you know plan a visit to get back there eventually because that looks pretty crazy yeah i was gonna say there might be a golf trip in your uh your future (laughs) out there uh so let's just start with the open championship we're now uh about two weeks removed from colin morikawa winning it and we had had spoken going into round number three that weekend at royal st george's you were just marveling at his iron play and how consistent he could be uh, he was and it was being i have to imagine you weren't all that surprised when on some Sunday, he came out of the pack and ended up winning. No, really, a, just a virtuoso performance. Uh, I think he's the best iron player we've seen since Tiger. I think the stats bear that out. Uh, if you look at the best, you know, iron play uh, iron players uh, and their their strokes gained approach uh, over the last twenty years or so, Colin Morikawa is uh, is right up there. He's he's really uh, a phenomenal iron player, and that style of golf course, I think just suits a player like that so well we would have so many more speed morikawa battles uh, on golf courses that are that are like that where it's really you know there was no advantage really to hitting the ball far out there really you really had to be in the fairway i thought morikawa was really solid uh, off the tee as well and uh, i really felt like the slower green complexes you know for those who don't know the the greens in the u.s are about a, a 12 a 13 on the stint meter very fast they had to slow them down over in the UK because of wind and, and other and other uh, obligations that they have there. And I think that really helped out Morikawa, who has struggled so much on short putting. Uh, I thought his putter really kind of cemented his victory down the stretch. That 25-foot birdie putt on the 14th I thought was a huge, huge moment for him. A couple of very big par saves on 10 and 15 down the stretch. But he, he won it. He went out and got it. Uh, Jordan Spieth didn't lose it by any stretch of the imagination. It was a it was a dominant uh, victory, even though it was only a two stroke victory. In my mind, it was really a, 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 a an emphatic win for Colin Morikawa. So now Colin Morikawa has two wins, two major wins in two debuts at different major tournaments. It is astounding how hard that is to do. How much pressure goes into that and. I suppose the first one, some of the detractors would spl- explain away, oh, there was no gallery at Harding Park when he won the PGA Championship. But there's no such excuse here. We were talking about big, hefty galleries at the Open Championship. Uh, I would not call the PGA Championship win a fluke. Um, again, some would, but he really deserved this one. What do we make of this now? He seems like someone that uh, could certainly be a major factor in any major over the next five, six, seven years. Yeah, 32,000 fans at Royal St. George's, so that that was not a factor. Yeah, it turns out he's just really good at golf. <laughs> it turns out the fan factor does not matter 
at all. You can kind of take that iron play and you can go and play on pretty much any course in the world and, and be pretty successful. Uh, of course, you know, the putting is kind of the one thing that's held him back. I think he looks pretty good on, you know, anywhere between, you know, 10 to 30 feet or so. He looks pretty good. The stats say he's pretty good. When he gets closer to the hole, he has a little bit more trouble. But he is uh, he is dangerous. He's very dangerous. When, when you have a game that is that consistent, you know, here's the thing. His strokes game putting is not very good. He ranks uh, way, way down on the PGA Tour. But what, what they found is, you know, his volatility has been very high in putting. So he is so consistent ball striking-wise that he's going to have, uh, you know, some good putting weeks to go along with mostly bad putting weeks. But on the good putting weeks, you know, it matches up so well with, uh, with how consistent he is as an iron player and off the tee. Uh, he's not short. He's not a long hitter, but he's he's long enough. And uh, you know, I don't know if you're going to put the over under right now at, uh, at how many majors he's going to win in his career. I would say four and a half would probably be a, a pretty good okay. over under. And I think uh, that'd be a tough call. I think uh, you know it, we we tend to uh, when some of these young guys come out, we say, oh, you know, they're going to go and win seven or eight majors, and and that's so difficult to do with the way that the game is right now. And, and the depth of talent, but I, I think Colin Morikawa has a very, very good chance to get to about five or six majors, which is a, a scary thought. I mean, he could be uh, among the top 10, 15 best players of all time. It's certainly within reach. Sean Fairholm of Global Golf Post, globalgolfpost.com. He is our golf insider here on Honda Classic Live. And, of course, Louis Oosthuizen. And this has happened so often now uh, where he has the lead late in a tournament, can't win, finishes third this time around. I, I don't know how he breaks this spiral now. We were hopeful, but then once this happens over and over again, you start to think this is never happening for the guy. Yeah, and then he flies to Minnesota, and then he finishes second again yeah. at another PGA Tour event. Yeah, I don't – who knows what to say at this point. Obviously, he's an amazing ball striker, which kind of puts him in contention all the time. But it just doesn't feel like the, the putter really you know, allows him to, uh, to kind of rise to the occasion in major championships. And this is a guy who you know, he's, he's, he's ranked number one in strokes game putting on the PGA Tour this year. He is a good putter. There is just something about – uh, you know, back nines of major championships and, and final days. I thought, you know, that that exchange in the seventh hole on Sunday was really big where he went bunker to bunker there. Uh, Morikawa made birdie on that par five. Usazen made bogey. I thought that was really the turning point. He was never really a factor after that point. And, you know, how many more chances is, is he going to get? Because he's, he's in his late 30s. He's getting very close to 40 years old. I know, you know, we saw Phil Mickelson win. Uh, at 50 years old, uh, saw him win the PGA Championship, so it's definitely possible. But, you know, you just have to wonder, you know, he's played so well for such a long period of time. Was that his last really good chance for a while, or is this going to continue? You know, we have another nine months until a major championship, unfortunately. Uh, maybe if there were a few more in line uh, in the next few months, maybe it would be looking better for him. But, yeah, it is a, a very uh, sinking feeling right now, especially – uh, when you think of just how close he's come so many times, he, it just feels a little bit like Tony Finau right now. Like, yeah. Is it ever going to happen? Is he ever going to cross that finish line? You mentioned the 3M Open. Uh, Cameron Champ ends up winning there. Before we get into the Olympics uh, and, and what you've seen so far, what were your your brief takeaways from the 3M Open and Cameron Champ getting his win? 
I think Cameron Champ is kind of the epitome of the, the modern golfer where they really take advantage of their great week. So what I mean by that is, uh, you know, a lot of missed cuts, um, but really kind of honing in on the weeks where he does play well because he's won three times in the PGA Tour now. And you wouldn't really say he's a consistent force at all. I mean, I think he had uh, maybe a handful of mixed, missed cuts coming into that event, uh, really kind of looked dejected. But when you hit the ball as, as hard as he does, and you match it up with a decent putting week, you're going to be able to have success. And uh, good for him. I mean, he has a lot of detractors, a lot of people who say that he doesn't play the, the, the game the right way or anything like that. But, uh, you know, he went to a, a little bit of a shorter driver recently, um, kind of hitting more of a controlled uh, ball off the tee. And I think he's had a lot of success with it. And, uh, you know, he's he, he definitely is dangerous when he uh, gets into uh, into contention. He's, he's shown that he's able to win. And that's a skill. I mean, you'll hear it said over and over again, but one win in the PGA Tour is is worth more than, you know, five or six top tens. It really is. I, I know it's not the same money-wise. Of course, you, you'd rather, you know, monetarily, you'd rather have the six top tens. But the, the exemption, the two-year exemption that comes with winning, all the different events that you get into because of winning, you get into the Masters, it really is a huge deal to win versus just coming in the top five or something. So, uh, so he, he has definitely, you know, been able to do that so well throughout his career. And that, that is a skill. I mean, we've seen, we just talked about Louis Eustace and not being able to do that. Cameron Champ has been able to do it. And that's a, that's a very valuable skill to have. Ricky Fowler wasn't uh, bad by any stretch of the 3M Open, but actually loses ground in the uh, uh, FedEx Cup standings. He's now ranked 125th, uh, and it looks like he is not going to make the postseason unless something miraculous happens. I mean, this this 2021 has been just an absolute disaster for a guy who we thought was realizing his potential, and what a precipitous drop this has been. And by the way, that missed putt at the PGA Championship on the 18th hole, that is probably going to cost him a playoff spot. Man. I mean, that that would have changed. Uh, I believe he would have been T4 instead of T9 yeah. if he would have made that par putt on the 18th hole at, at Kiowa. That's, uh, that's a heartbreaker. We thought maybe in the spring there he was coming out of it. He had a couple of pretty decent finishes uh, and then and then really has not been able to, to put ever, anything else together. So I, I imagine he'll play the Wyndham Championship try to try to gain some points there try to get into that uh, into that into those playoff events uh and you never know if you make it but uh right now it's not really looking good for him sean Fairholm, our golf insider here on honda classic live read all of his work one of the best feature writers in the game at globalgolfpost.com uh so the olympics now admittedly uh i am i'm not uh, it, yeah, obsessed with Olympic golf. I'm trying to find a way to make sure that I can at least catch plenty of highlights. I'm really not keen on waking up at four in the morning to uh, uh, watch competition, but I've tried. I've given it a go. You'd be proud of me. Uh, Xander Shoffley right now is the leader at the Olympics, but this has also been uh, uh, both on the men's and women's side, a tournament plagued with COVID-19 issues. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau with a late positive test never made it to Japan. So instead, Patrick Reed winning his wake. And by the way, I can't think of two guys. Bryson DeChambeau's not going. Some people say, all right, great. Oh, yeah, here's Patrick Reed. Uh, two, two certainly of the most sunshiny people uh, that you can have in that conversation. What have you made so far of, a, uh, of this Olympic golf tournament? Well, I think not having John Rahm and, and Bryson uh, there has, has really kind of put a damper on it. Uh, and, it. and even you have Rory there, who maybe is the most 
uh, you know, has the most star power out of any of the players who are there. And even he was kind of saying uh, that, you know, he, he wasn't really there. He was there for the good of golf mm-hmm. more than he was for, for actually winning a medal. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a little bit dead. I mean, having Xander win would be, I think, a huge, I think that would be great to have, an, you know, an American and uh, a player of, of Xander's, you know, heritage and, and, and you know, all, all the things he's accomplished in his career to this point. I think that would be really good. But it's hard to see this turning out better than 2016. I, I kind of went into 2016 being pretty skeptical and I came out of it going, oh, all right, you know, I think. This has a chance. You know, I, I thought it went pretty well with Justin Rose and Henrik Stenson and Matt Kuchar, you know, getting medals. And it seemed pretty exciting. The, the women's Olympics, which to me, the women's uh, Olympic golf is that is a major. That's that's the equivalent of, you know, the Solheim Cup or the U.S. Women's Open. They take it very seriously. I'm very excited for that. But on the men's side, it's just not quite there. The juice is not quite there. The course is is pretty soft. It's a uh, it's just not a super exciting course in my opinion. Uh, it would be great to get a, a Xander or a Rory or, or or Patrick Reed or someone of that ilk to, to win a medal to kind of help it out. Because right now, you know, if we get Mita Pereira, uh, you know, winning a winning a medal, uh, that'd be amazing for Chile and for him. But it would not be quite the same boost that we saw in 2016. And, and golf in the Olympics is in a little bit of trouble. You know. I, Rory just said that he's excited for 2024 in Paris, but right now, you know, we're, we're just not really seeing that same momentum that I think a lot of people felt in 2016. So, uh, you know, who knows, maybe COVID has held a lot of people back from competing, but when you had, you know, Lee Westwood, Adam Scott, Dustin Johnson, a lot of these players saying that they're, they don't really care about it. I, I think that's uh, it's pretty tough to come back from all of that. Yeah, that's not a good sign, and that is certainly going to uh, to hurt any sort of buzz and any sort of attention that people uh, would potentially pay to it. And that brings us to something that many are going to be paying attention to, even though it is still uh, a little over a month and a half out, and that is the rescheduled Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits. Uh, so right now, here are your eight, or six, I should say, if uh, if the teams were made today, that would automatically qualify. Morikawa, DJ, DeChambeau, Kepka, Thomas, and Shoffley. So those are your six. Just off of that, can DeChambeau and Kepka coexist on the same Ryder Cup team? You know, if I'm the U.S. team right now, I, I don't feel very comfortable with what we have. Uh, you know, th- that those two, three, four spots right now, Dustin Johnson is not playing very well. Bryson's not even playing very well. Brooks is playing pretty well. But, uh, you know, I, I think it's uh, it's a little bit awkward right now with that chemistry dynamic. Um, I think what Steve Stricker is going to have to do is he's going to have to kind of go down the list um, and maybe a guy, some guys that are not in the top 12 right now, I think he may have to go with. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, I think, is a player that could probably add some some more positive uh, vibes to the team of a player who has just consistently been really good. I think Jason Kokrak fits whistling straights really well. It's going to be kind of a bomb and gouge golf course. So I think that is going to be a, a a pretty big factor in all this. You know, they're going to, I think he's going to have to go with some guys, maybe a little bit outside the box. Uh, I think Jordan speed's probably pretty safe right now, but I think, you know, guys like, Harris English, you know, uh, I don't think Tony Finau has played his way on the team. I think right now he'd be out, uh, not on the team. But, you know, Billy Horschel, a guy who, you know, would be, you know, so entertaining to watch during the Ryder Cup. Maybe adding some of that flair would would probably help the U.S. team out a little bit more, uh, considering that right now, you know, the the, the top six, yes, the top point getters, 
but not all of them are playing well. Justin Thomas is not really playing that well. Yeah, he won the Players' Championship, but ha- has not really done that great. Hasn't didn't play uh, well this week at the Olympics, really. Uh, it, it's it's interesting. It really is. I, I think they're going to have to get a little creative with who they pick. And we obviously focus all on Brooks Koepka and Bryson DeChambeau and uh, that bad blood between those two. But let's not forget that Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed don't have a rosy relationship based off of a previous Ryder Cup. I mean, there are some egos that are going to need to be massaged here, and there might be, like you say, some tough decisions that have to be made because there's not a lot of good camaraderie with some of the key components of what could be heading to Whistling Straits. Yeah, I I think what you're going to see is, uh, I think Jordan will get paired up with with JT. I think they have, they have that experience together. They've, they've played in past Ryder Cups. I think that makes more sense because we saw back, you know, earlier in Jordan Spieth and Patrick Reed's career that they were paired together at some Ryder Cups and had success. But I think that relationship is probably over at this point. Uh, I think Patrick Reed will probably be, uh, you know, playing with a guy like Colin Morikawa or, or somebody who is, who is, uh, you know, very even keel, very easygoing. And, uh, so I, I think they're going to have to get creative with how they pair up the players obviously you know dj and brooks they're not gonna be playing together dj and uh bryson maybe or will be a better pair than than dj and brooks so i think i think there's there is a way to figure it out um you know obviously in golf you know you don't have to uh it's not hockey where you're you have to uh, or, or basketball or another sport where you you really need to get along yeah. with your teammates super well um but it is a i mean it helps i mean we've seen the europeans they they clearly get along much better as a cohesive unit than the, than the Americans generally do. And that's helped out a lot for them. So, uh, so it's not ideal, but I don't, I still think that, you know, the U S is still the favorite going into it, given the style, of course, they're going to put a lot of holes in the middle of the greens, try to make it kind of like Hazeltine in 2016, where there were a lot of birdies. They're going to, they're going to play that style of golf that the Americans like to play. The rough's going to be extremely short. Uh, the, the fairways are going to be wide. I still think that that plays heavily into the to the U.S. side's uh, hands at hands at this point. But there, there will have to be some creativity in the pairings, that's for sure. We are probably now on a weekly basis going to have to discuss uh, what the potential team is going to look like. We'll do so. We are six weeks away from the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits. Uh, next week, when Sean Fairholm jumps on here on Honda Classic Live, we'll review the Olympics. We will preview, or at least be in the midst of, the WGC FedEx St. Jude. So a lot to come here on the PGA Tour. Always drama always storylines sean fairholm global golf post again read all of his great feature work at globalgolfpost.com welcome back from vacation sir great stuff as always didn't skip a beat we'll talk to you next saturday okay awesome thanks for having me sean fairholm at global golf post and globalgolfpost.com leaderboard update after this all right back in here on honda classic live it is a final round olympic saturday here on ESPN 106.3, at least from a Honda Classic perspective, all the proceedings obviously in Tokyo. By the way, just a reminder, next week it'll be the resumption of PGA Tour play. It'll be the WGC St. Jude Invitational. Uh, so uh, we're getting back to major tournaments, WGC play, and we spend a significant time talking about it with Sean Fairholm of Global Golf Post. We are T-minus five and a half weeks away from the Ryder Cup at Whistling Straits, and just how you like it the americans have a ton of drama 
to deal with. All right, let's go into the final round. This is going to be fascinating because you can have an American that wins gold, but the weight of a nation on the shoulders of the man who's trying to track him down. Xander Shoffley is the leader of the men's Olympic tournament at 14 under par. He is one shot better than Hideki Matsuyama. That's right, the Masters champion on his home turf with the entire country watching him. He overcame a sluggish first day, and here he is just one shot off the lead. So a major champion is lurking as Xander Shoffley tries to win gold at the Olympics. Paul Casey, what a story that would be. He's just two shots behind Shoffley going into the final round just outside of Tokyo. Rory McIlroy, who was not shy about saying, hey, I'm just here for the of the sport. I'm here to promote the game. I'm not really here and don't really care if I win a medal. Well, he is really right there, smack in contention, just three shots off the lead. Rory McIlroy of Northern Ireland at 11 under par. Tommy Fleetwood is right there as well. Him and Shane Lowry, they're going to play together today uh, along with Abraham Answer, the Mexican. Fleetwood 10 under, Lowry 10 under, Answer at 9 under par. Uh, so you've got some familiar names here that are lurking, and this is for all of the grief we give the Olympic golf tournament. Uh, there's going to be some drama potentially today. This is good, good stuff. Uh, Sung J M is at seven under par. Likely too much to overcome today, unless something shocking happens. At least uh, due to how this course has been planned, it has been fairly difficult. The Open Championship winner Colin Morikawa never really has been able to get this thing going. Did shoot four under yesterday. He is seven under for the tournament. Rory Sabatini also seven under, as is Jonathan Vegas. Uh, but they are more than a handful of shots off the lead. Uh, Patrick Reed at four under alongside Justin Thomas. So Justin Thomas, uh, who is going to start on the back nine today, he is four under par, a full ten shots off the pace. And behind him, you've got Mark Leishman, who is even par. Uh, you've got Norlander, even par as well. And that does it for the notable names on the men's side of the Olympic tournament. But, again, Sander Shoffley, Hideki Matsuyama, Paul Casey. Right now, if the tournament ended, that would be your gold, your silver, your bronze, but don't look now. Rory McIlroy is just barely on the outside looking in. Three shots back at 11 under par. That is really Really good stuff. That is great drama. Uh, so for all, again, all of the grief that we give the Olympics tournament saying, all right, this isn't necessarily something that I'm able to get up for. This isn't necessarily something that I'm fully into. Uh, well, I got news for you. This is going to be must-watch. This is going to be, all right, we're going to have to pay special attention to this because you've got some big names who are going to be battling out down the stretch today in Tokyo. want to thank everybody for joining us here on this Saturday morning. Good luck to everybody for the remainder of the Ballot Isles Junior Cup, the ninth annual at Ballot Isles. Uh, could not happen last year, resuming this year, and it's great to see it going. If you missed any of our show, don't forget to subscribe to the Honda Classic Live podcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. That's the Honda Classic Live podcast at the conclusion of every show on Saturday. For Sean Farrell of Global Golf Post, our golf insider, I'm Ken Levicka. Thanks, everybody everybody at the Honda Classic, and enjoy the rest of Olympics golf. This has been Honda Classic Live on ESPN 106.3. This is Honda Classic Live on ESPN 106.3.